The men and women leading the 21 sports at Campbell University have helped build and guide the Fighting Camels to one of their best years ever. They are talented and hardworking, and most importantly, great people. The kind of people you'd love to just sit down and have a cup of coffee with. Unfortunately, in this 10-second soundbite world we live in, we mainly only get coaches talking about how they won, why they lost, and what's next. This podcast tries to remedy that with two cups of coffee and a recorder. I'm Chris Amire, and this is Coffee with Coaches. Samara Zem grew up in Nigeria, found her way to Bowie's Creek, and as a goalkeeper helped lead the Camels to one of their best seasons ever. That 2004 season, she helped the team capture both the conference regular season and tournament titles. Her name is still all over the Campbell record books. A coaching career she didn't think she wanted started in 2007, and after varied stops, she found her way back to Bowie's Creek as an assistant, associate, then head coach. And after leading Campbell to titles when she was a player more than a decade ago, she's trying to do it again, this time as head coach. So, Coach, tell me about your coffee drinking habits and uh, how and what you drink. Um, I'm actually just now getting into coffee over the last five years, I'd say. Um, I started drinking coffee almost uh, as a forced nature to uh, give me something that will wake me up. I always heard people talk about how much coffee helps them, and uh, so I, I um, <laughs> forced myself to start the coffee drinking habit. And uh, I started with instant coffee, which to most would be a reason to stop drinking coffee. Um, But uh, it did its job. It helped me in the mornings because I'm not a morning person. Um, And um, and now I've uh, graduated onto uh, Loatian coffee. Um, What I'll do is I'll usually use a um, French press for my my coffee in the morning. Wow. So you went from zero to 60. I did. Yeah. Yeah. But that, that's where I stopped because I don't drink it black. I still put a lot of stuff in it because I, I want it to taste a little sweet. Very good. Yeah. Sorry to all the coffee oh, drinkers oh my out gosh. there. No, I'm telling you, French press, much respect. Yeah, thanks. Let's go all the way back to your very unique upbringing. Tell us how you grew up, where you grew up. Yeah, um, so my family moved to Nigeria a few generations ago and... Uh, we became rooted in Nigeria, and, and my grandfather started a business there. Uh, my, my father worked for him. My parents met there. My, my parents both grew up there, um, and my mom started her own business there. And so um, I was actually born here. My mom was on a trip here when she had me, but um, as soon as I was allowed to be on a flight, it was the first flight home uh, that my mom took me on. and. Um, I grew up, I spent 19 years at home. Uh, I went to uh, an American-run uh, missionary K-12 through school. And, um, and then I came to the States. For, for I came to Campbell. What was that experience like growing up? In Nigeria, it was amazing. It's it was it's honestly uh, now that I've spent so much time here and I see what life is like here and I see the environment that a lot of people grow up in here. Um, I think America has a lot to offer. I, I think the Western civilization has a lot to offer, uh, but I would never trade that for my experiences at home. It's very humbling. Uh, it's very humanly enriching. Um, you know, a lot of people rely on human needs, uh, day by day human needs. Material things are bonuses and the bare basic material things are, are bonuses. 
Um, what you're really striving for at home is survival uh, at certain points. A lot of people are, are striving for survival and, um, and the relationships and community. And there's something to be said about that, which I think is really, really special. Um, so it, it taught me a lot about people and uh, taught me a lot about work rate. And um, it's, it's an incredible place. People in Nigeria. Nigeria has the third most happiest people in the world. Um, and considering that there is so much poverty there, I think that's really special. So um, I'm really grateful to have grown up there. From what you've seen and what you've been through, how are they so happy? Where does that come from? I think it comes from uh, the community. I think it comes from um, living life based off of, you know, simple things. Um, being able to have a good meal, uh, being able to say that you have a home and you can provide for your family, uh, being able to have a family and be that, that be the center focus, and um, being enriched by the people around you rather than any focus being on material possessions. To those lessons and experiences from you growing up, how does that make you a different person here than maybe your average American who has grown up here all their life? Uh, well, I have found that, um, you know, there are a lot of people, I think it's, it's less about where you've grown up and more about your outlook on life. Um, and I found that there are even people here that have grown up in, in places that are very materialistic that still have an outlook that is very humble and um, really finds an importance in he, the human being and human needs. Um, I think that's something that's been very, very important to me and that's something that's um, a big part of my life and my outlook. How do you get from Nigeria to Bowie's Creek, North Carolina? For those that don't know, you are a proud Campbell alum. Yes. Uh, so my junior year, uh, my, my, my high school coach, uh, or my coach at high school, one of my teachers, he, um, he had lived in the Charlotte area. And so he had heard about Campbell. And I told him that uh, something that was important to me was it, to be in an environment that was community-oriented. And um, back then, we didn't really have the internet, uh, and it's not because it was so long ago, it's because I was in Nigeria. <laughs> um, so uh, the internet there was way behind. And so we had this massive book called uh, the College Board Book. And so we'd, you'd go to the library, you'd check it out, and you'd basically look at schools and see what they're all about. And then from there, you'd write on a piece of paper your top schools. Um, and then you'd make some calls and get some information. And of course, calls cost so much money. So I relied very heavily on um, my friends that were born and raised in America that I went to school with and knew about, um, you know, different places, uh, different states, because obviously they wouldn't necessarily know about the schools. And so everyone constantly would come back and be like, North Carolina, yeah, that state has a lot of soccer in it. And I was like, oh, well, that must be where all the really good soccer is. And, you know, my coach says Campbell's a community-oriented school, and it's got what I need academically, so I guess that's what I'm going to do. Wow. Yeah. And you came over here from all the way over there. When was the first time you saw Bowie's Creek and Campbell? Uh, my first day of preseason. <laughs> and I was scared. <laughs> there was no one on campus. It didn't look like the movies. I thought I was going to see, like, L.A., uh, and and some people may compare Bowie's Creek to L.A., but some may not, and it was nothing like L.A. to me, and um, I wasn't quite sure what to think of it, but um, 
very quickly I found that the people here were really amazing and I, I got really excited. What were the biggest differences from, and I, there's probably so many, but mm -hmm. Nigeria to here when you first came over here as a 19-year-old? Yeah, the biggest one is uh, ease of life. Like, life is so easy here. I mean, you want anything, it's it's right at your fingertips. You want internet, you want, um, you, you know, you want cell phone accessibility, you want um, to purchase something in the store, mass quantities, whatever you need here, it's so accessible. At home, it's not. Um, and part of that is because it is, uh, um, you know, not as advanced. Nigeria is not as advanced. Um, it is getting there. There's a lot to it. Um, but um, it's not, it, you have to work a lot harder for, for very simple things. And here life is so easy. It's just, the, it's honestly the easiest. How hard was it being, it's hard going to college if you're three hours away. How hard was it being so far away from friends and family? Uh, the first month was easy because it was exciting and it was new. And I think a lot of freshmen go through this. I've experienced that in, in coaching is that a lot of freshmen go through this. Everyone has a different process, but the first month is typically a little bit easier for most because it's the honeymoon stage and everything's new and exciting. Um, the second month is typically the hardest and the second, second month was definitely really hard for me because I, I didn't have an escape. You know, it was here or here. And uh, I really started missing my family and missing home, missing the food at home. The food is very different too. Um, I started missing just very simple things, the smell of the rain, um, the comforts that come with being at home and knowing that it was such a long trip to get back. Um, but I, again, Campbell is rooted with such great people that uh, that didn't last for too long. How was the soccer here compared to there? Uh, very different. Uh, uh, soccer, we call it football in Nigeria, is um, it's a way of life. It's really it's such a way of life. Um, you see seven year old kids on the street, just a twenty by twenty patch of dirt playing soccer with you maybe using like a an orange or a beat up soccer ball and a bunch of stones as a goal. Um, and I mean, it, everyone plays it. It's such a big, it's such a big part of life. I remember in 96 when, uh, Nigeria won the Olympics. I mean, you could, you could tell everyone had their TVs on and everyone was watching that game in the entire country. Um, and you know, coming here, it's not, it's not the most important sport. Um, it's not, a, it's not a way of life. You know, when I talk about, uh, European professional teams to my teammates and friends, a lot of them don't really have it didn't really have as much of an interest um the the style of plays was also very different you know at home it's it's a dance it's an art um and here it's uh it's a little bit different than that you as a goalkeeper um how did you kind of gravitate to that position a lot of responsibility there yeah i was slow and lazy and uh, so <laughs> they just threw me back there and I played with all the boys too. And so being slow and playing with boys, it's like, you're not going to keep up. So this is the best place for you. But I was also really strong willed. And so I, I, um, you know, you, you had to work to score on me cause I was going to do whatever it took to make sure the ball didn't go in. So, um, uh, during breaks and as I was younger, they threw me back there and so as it became more structured and organized I 
figured that I liked it. You played other sports too, being the athlete you are. You played volleyball as well. I did, yeah, I did. I grew up playing basketball, volleyball, and soccer. My dad actually um, was a coach uh, growing up, and um, he used to coach on the. He was an assistant coach on the Nigerians' men's uh, national basketball team, and um, so he was really big on making sure that we grew up playing sports and. Um, my, my siblings didn't really take to it, so he poured it all into me, which I love. Um, but yeah, he, he made sure that I could, I, I could at least handle my own. You have a very successful career here at Campbell. After you graduate, after you're done with your years here at Campbell, tell me where your adult life and career goes from there. Yeah, I, coaching was the last thing that I wanted to do. Um, no kidding. Yeah, I had no desire to coach. I actually wanted a break from the game. Um, my whole, I'd say six years prior to graduation and up until graduation, my, my goal was that I wanted to work with a nonprofit organization, and that I wanted to travel and uh, work in developing education programs and get uh, a lot of media out to help um people see exactly what's going on in impoverished uh, countries so that education programs can be developed. Because I think that so many of the problems that a lot of societies have are rooted in ignorance, and that ignorance comes from such a lack of a structured environment with education. Education is so important to a country's future. And um, that was my goal, and that was my sole focus, and I'm, um, I'm bilingual, and I, I thought I had it made. I was like, here we go. I've got this. I'm going to get a job. And so my spring semester, I applied to so many jobs um, with different organizations. I applied to even volunteer my time, and um, everything that came to fruition um, was more so temporary and wasn't really going to lead me anywhere. It's just like, well, here's some experience. Um, and all they kept saying was, just get a master's, get a master's, get a master's. And um, I called my coach, my former assistant coach, who had gone on to be a, the men's head coach at a small Division two school in the mountains. And I was really frustrated one day. And, and he's, he's a really big mentor in my life and a really big influence. And I, I said, I just, I, I don't know what to do. I'm really frustrated. I have to get a master's. I'm never going to live out my dream and feeling sorry for myself. And he goes, well... You know, the women's program just um, uh, created a graduate assistant position. Why don't you try coaching? And I was like, no, I'm not going to like it. And uh, so we got off the phone, and then a week later he called me back. He said, have you thought about it? And I was like, all right. <laughs> so he got me in touch with the uh, the women's coach then, and um, she took a chance on me. And uh, within, you know, Brevard, Brevard was transitioning from NAIA to D2, so we were the whooping dog. Um, we didn't quite have the resources to compete then, um, but I knew that I loved it. I loved the fact that uh, I love the sport, and I love the fact that you could be a part of something really special with athletes that are, are passionate about what they do, and that there is a way in which you can influence them and their lives. And that to me is, it, it continues on to being able to make a difference way past the playing field. And hopefully, you know, in making a difference with each individual, they can take their experiences and make a difference somewhere else. And maybe that helps uh, our society or our world somehow. Um, but while doing it, I noticed you could also win a few games and 
and uh, you know get to be part of their experience as a collegiate student athlete because I loved mine. I had the best time. I, I'd give anything to go back and play, um, and especially play here at Campbell. And so I applied for an assistant position at Mercer, and um, the rest is history. You get that position at Mercer, and then um, you end up as an assistant coach here at Campbell. You talked about how much you loved this university. What was it like when you knew you got the job here at your alma mater to coach? Yeah, it was really special. Um, you know, I can remember coming back to visit Campbell uh, long after I had graduated, and I even I was at, so I was a Division two head coach for three years, and every time that I looked at my players, I thought. I hope that they get to have maybe not the same experience that I had as a player, but an experience in which they have so much um, care and and passion for the program that they leave behind. And um, so being able to come back every every time that I visited, you know, little things like the smell of the, the practice field grass. I can I can tell you what that smells like at six o'clock in the morning, at eight o'clock in the morning, at five o'clock at night. Um, you know, the locker room, what that feels like and what it feels like when it's uh, a really dreary day or a really hot day. And, um, you know, there's certain classrooms I could tell you what those scents feel like. And there was, there's so much nostalgia every time I came back to visit. And so um, coming back here was such an honor to me. It was, it was really special. This place has changed so much. Yeah. And the seven years since I've been here, and I can imagine how much it's changed since when you went to school here and then coach. Can you put into words how this place has changed? It's um, it's changed so much uh, aesthetically, and um, I think in in a lot of ways internally, but the core of Campbell has not changed. And I think that's the best part is that it, it continues to grow and expand. And I mean, every corner around campus, there's some type of progress happening. You know, it's orange cone somewhere. There's some building going up. There's something new that's coming up. It's, it's become so much more modern. Even Holly Springs and Cary and Raleigh being pushed down closer to Campbell, just the neighboring cities and towns have grown. Um, and um, and then just, you know, how much the athletic department itself, what, what Bob Roller's done here is unbelievable. Um, you know, Campbell's on the map, and we're continuing to put it on the map, and that's really exciting. Uh, I think the core, though, the core is based on people here, relationships and people, and that hasn't changed. People, you know, when you walk into the business office, we tell our recruits this all the time, you walk in the business office, you're not just a walking check. You're a human being with needs. You're a human being with fears, and uh, you're a human being that, that that's going through things that somebody needs to help you with, and that's what's what was special at Campbell uh, for me, um, you know, 15 years ago, and that's still special about Campbell. Um, but what's great about it is we look prettier, um, we look better, and uh, we operate so much more efficiently and effectively, and um, and we, we win a lot more. Um, you kind of go from player all the way to head coach, uh, mm-hmm. get the promotion um, to head coach. What has that been like? Something. That's pretty recent. You're still in the first couple of months of that. Yeah. Um, you know, for me, I, I, I take that a day at a time. Um, I looked at just the, the being here in the first place in, in 2014 meant that I got to be a part of something special and help lead something special. 
and I look at that in the exact same way now. I don't look at that any differently, and um, you know, it's the same game field, it's the same training field. Um, so it's, I mean, it's a really, really, really great opportunity to just still be here, which I'm excited about because it is a special place, and our team's doing something special. You've been a head coach before, not at the mm-hmm. Division One level. Has there been anything, and again, it's been such a quick transition for you, you might not be able to wrap your arms around it fully, but but what have been big changes or certain things that, that, that you've found being a head coach, again, at this different level? Uh, changes at the different level? Um, I would say when I was at at um, the Division II school, we didn't have resources. We, we had very limited resources. We had a third of the scholarship uh, that our opponents had. And uh, for me, I had to figure out how to make the most out of very, very little. Uh, well, n- not just at the Division One level, but specifically what our athletic director, Bob Roller's done here and what he's given us. Um, we, we, we have so much more. And being able to give our kids so much more because of that and do so much more with our kids and do so much more with recruiting, um, that, that is, a, is a challenge and an exciting challenge. Um, and it makes life a lot easier, too, for sure. But um, I don't think we'd be able to do it as well as we do um, had, we not had, the experience, had I not had the experiences um, as I did before and, not, and having to try and do it with very little. What do you like best? about coaching, about being the head coach? Um, what do I like best? That's a tricky question about being the head coach. I do take responsibility for um, our, our players' success. And I always have internally, um, whether I've been an assistant, a graduate assistant, uh, head coach, um, because I feel as though everything that we do impacts them. And... Um, their success comes from their decisions and their actions, but we have the ability and the power to guide that. And um, being a head coach, it puts a light on that. And I actually, I do like that. I like the fact that it puts a light on it and says, you know, if you're not doing your job well, um, then they're not going to be able to do their job well. And that, that's an accountability piece that I, I, from externally that I actually do really like because um, I do think coaches should should understand that it is a privilege to coach kids. It's a privilege to be able to influence them in the way that we do. It's a privilege to be able to help them succeed. And, and I really I really respect the fact that um, that is a privilege that I get to do, get to have. You are a young head coach, especially for this level. So maybe others that are back in your shoes, starting their coaching career, just out of college, what advice do you give them? Yeah, I would definitely say find people that you respect. Find people um, whose actions speak so much louder than their words and ask those people their opinions constantly and uh, talk to those people consistently throughout the process and um, learn from them. Take it in, whether it's something that you like or you don't like, but take it in and trust them and respect them um, that they've they've gotten where they've gotten for a reason. Um, I can think on about four people that have been massive influences for me. And um, one of them actually won a national championship last year. 
And uh, that to me was such a proud moment because he has given me so much. He actually, he introduced himself to me. I was like a t- little assistant coach and he was a, he was, um, you know, big time assistant coach. And he came up to me and sat down next to me randomly and said, um, so what do you like about coaching? And I didn't know him and I didn't know who he was. And uh, I told him what I liked and he said, why don't you think about it this way and look at it this way? And and then every time I'd see him recruiting, he'd come up to me and he'd ask me what I liked about coaching and what I thought about it. And, um, you know, that's, I don't know how long ago that was, that was 12, <laughs> 12 years ago. Um, but um, ever since, you know, I, if I have a question or I'm not sure what I should do or, um, you know, I, I, I call him and um, he's helped me so much along the way. So I definitely say to young coaches, find people that you respect, look at their actions, not their words. And um, keep those people in your corner because um, they're going to be really important. And I'd also say um, never stop learning. Uh, you never stop learning and learn so much from players. You know, sometimes we feel like we have to assert ourselves on them, but we don't. I think we learn so much more from them than, than we actually know. Thank you, Coach. Yeah, you're welcome.